You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 525. I mean, it goes back to that hope. The hope is the foundation of all change. Where there's no hope, there's no action, right? And that's the absolute truth. And you had that hope and you knew you had that belief that you could do this. This isn't positive thinking. This is positive belief, right? He has positive belief because he takes action. The action leads to results. The results lead to more beliefs. And that's what it is. And that's what's incredible. And I think you hit it right on the head. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome, everybody, to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that the most proven path to financial freedom is discounted property. And I am telling you, if I can do this business, so can you. So let's get started. I am your host, Brent Daniels, and it is a pleasure. I'm going to start out with this quote because I think that this is absolutely appropriate for this podcast interview with a professional wholesaler out of San Diego, California, but does business in six other markets, has done over $100,000 in his first four months. But let's start with this. If there is hope in the future, there's power in the present. And that is from John Maxwell. And I think that that is so critical. If there is no hope, why would we get started in anything? Why would we start our real estate journey? Why would we start to be entrepreneurs? Why would we start our own businesses and go out on a limb and get out there and get away from job security or the the average life, right? Without that hope, what do we have? And Alfred Anders says, hope is the foundation of all change. Where there is no hope, there is no action. It is my absolute pleasure to bring to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, Mr. Nathaniel DeWayne from San Diego, California. Say hello to everybody. Hey, what's going on, guys? Well, I'm excited to have you on here. You have been off the bat. You jumped in into the TTP program and you were like, we talked every day. Boom, boom, boom. Text, calls, text, call. And then all of a sudden, boom, it clicked. I didn't hear from you for a little while. And then all of a sudden, maybe 75, 80 days later, you've got 100K done in deals. And that's in your first four months, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's just about right. So let me ask you, what was your life like before discovering wholesaling? So before discovering wholesaling, I've had some previous success doing things with Frank Kern and Click Funnels with Russell Brunson, things like that. I hit like a true, like tremendous success mark at the age of like 25. And then I just, I doubled and dabbled in a lot of different things, man. Everybody used to tell me though, when I was like 25, I do real estate. Do, do real estate, you'll crush it, you'll kill it. You know, you're a beast on the phone. And I was always intimidated, you know, of real estate because I thought you had to go to school, you had to get yep. a license, and then you had to like pass more tests and then you had to show people homes. And I just was uneducated, you know. I didn't graduate high school. I don't have a diploma, I don't have a GED, I don't have nothing, you know. And so I was intimidated by the thought of real estate. And so I used to always just push it away, like, nah, 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 nah that's not for me. I'm gonna stay over here, I'm gonna stay in my lane. So, you know, I've had tremendous success in doing a lot of different things in those online space. And then, yeah, so that's kind of what my life was before this. 
Incredible. So you didn't finish high school. What were you doing during this time between then and now? And have you always been an entrepreneur? Man, I, I like to say I like to say I've been an entrepreneur. Right uh, now, the things that I did may not have been entrepreneur-like, but in my eyes, they were entrepreneur-like <laughs> growing sure. up. So from the age of like seventeen to the age of twenty-three, I just joined so many different like multi-level marketing companies. I think I started off my first company was ACN. It was the video phones, and then I went to Amway. I went to Secret. I did Legal Shield. Um, just dibbled and dabbled, man, in like so many different multi-level marketing companies. The most money I ever made was like thirteen dollars and twenty-five cents. So yeah, from 17 to 23, I was just joining different companies and trying different things. What did you learn from that? If you were to look back on it now, I mean, obviously when you're in the middle of this, you know, you're like, oh, I got to make money. I got to produce. I've got to be able to be successful. And you look at, you look back at it now. What did you learn from that? You can't quit where you're called to win. That's like the number one thing that I look at. For the longest time, I would blame it on my upline. Um, I don't know if you did multi-level marketing, but I would always blame it on my upline. I would blame it on the people I would bring in. It's their fault. They're not recruiting nobody. I always had an excuse for why I didn't win or why I didn't succeed. But one thing that happened was no matter how many times I quit, I would always start again and join something different. And so as I look back, I learned that, man, you know, no matter how long you go at something, you are addicted to the hustle of it and mm-hmm. you can't quit where you're called to win. And so no matter where you try to detour and go off to, you're going to find yourself remotely coming right back to it and trying it again. Maybe it's with a different person or a different outcome, but it's going to be the same thing over and over again. And so this thing that we call entrepreneurship, I've been trying since I was 17 years old and I love it. You know, and as I look back, I realize that it was never no one else's fault. It was my own fault. Right. And just lack of discipline. Yeah, I love that. You can't quit if you're called to win. I mean, absolutely incredible. So with all that, what inspires you? What makes you inspired to be your best self? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? What is that part of you that you can think about? I mean, you had talked about never quitting. You're talking about the perseverance. You're talking about basically being there on your own the whole time. What inspires you to do that? Why not just get a job, man? You know what I mean? Why not just work for somebody else? Okay. Well, well, man, I'm a very spiritual person, so I can only be real with myself. I've never had a job longer than six months. When I was at the age of 22, 23, going into 23, um, I think that was the longest I've been in jobs, like five months. And I was sitting inside my cubicle, which is kind of crazy because I was working for Dan Merrill. And um, I guess he was on the TV show, Flip This House or whatever. And I was working in a call center. And what we did was we booked people to go to the seminar. Yeah. But, about wholesaling. I didn't know about flipping, fixing. I was just working a job, making $10 an hour, booking people to go to a seminar. right? And so I never really knew what I was a part of. But I was sitting in my cubicle, like I was saying, and I was like, I asked God, I said, you know, is this all you have for me? Like, I know I wasn't born to just be taking phone calls for somebody I don't ever see, somebody who doesn't, you know, just pays me and he's probably making all this money. Granted, I know what he does now, so I know he's making a lot of money. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I sat there and I, you know, I asked guys like, give me a sign, you know. And then literally, I was on Facebook in my cubicle, and then this post came up and said, "Make money on Facebook since you're on it all day anyway." And from there, like my life just began a whole other thing. So what keeps me inspired, and why I don't have another job is, I know that I'm built to help people. 
And so I know that there are certain people in life that are built to be the help, right? But I know that I'm called to lead. Mm. Wherever I go, whenever I try, I end up leading. I end up helping. I end up like, it helps me to know that I'm helping somebody, right? I feel more valid in life. And so it's all purpose at the end of the day for me. Like I try to duck the whole leadership stuff. I try to duck being the leader and sit in the back and not try to lead and not try to do that. But it's not fulfilling, right? Right. How many times you try to go to the back, you get pushed right to the front again. And that's exactly, you know, where I'm at. Even with the whole wholesaling thing, like I was like, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to teach nobody now. I'm just going to chill, do real estate. And I got a whole office of people in here who's wholesaling. We got a guy like in here who just, you know, landed his first deal. His closing is on Friday, $5,000, 21 years old. You know, I didn't, he didn't pay me. He didn't do nothing. Like I just helped them, you know, and regardless of what I try to run from, I end up right back here helping again. That's the leadership part. I, I, 100%. It's like trying to hold a beach ball underwater at some point. That beach ball is going to pop up out. I mean, it just that, is. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And it's funny because as you get going in this business and you're learning and you're catching and you're like, okay, so uh, I call them, I put it under contract, I sell that contract, got it, okay. And lead follow up, got it, okay. And build your cash buyer database, got it, okay. I mean, you were just, you were picking it up so fast and now you're at the point where you're able to like break it down for, for all the people in your office, people on this podcast. I mean, it's, it's that fast that it happens when you have that calling. Absolutely. I love that. So let's get to the wholesaling uh, because I think that you're just a, an incredible inspiration. Let's get to the wholesaling side of it and let's get to some tactics. So what markets are you in and do you have one that you're, you're more heavy in or are you kind of spread uh, across all of them? So I'm not in California at all. <laughs> um, and that was some great advice that came from Brent on our first call. Yeah. So I stayed away. I'm a big fan of if you look up to somebody, listen to what they do, right? And remodel. So you told me stay away. So I didn't do California. I am in the Ohio market. I'm in Tampa, Florida. I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm in New Jersey. And I, I'm missing one more. I'm in Baltimore. I think that's a lot. Okay. Of Yep. Atlanta. 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 Atlanta and Baltimore, actually. Mm -hmm. Transitioned. So we transitioned from Atlanta to Baltimore. So weren't you afraid to go into these markets that you don't go to every day and don't know the comparables or the values? Or how do you handle that? I mean, you've only been in it four months. How do you go into seven different markets and feel comfortable being able to, to find opportunities, one, but to convert them to actual closed deals? Um, I think it's my, I gotta, I gotta give it to, to Brent for this one. Cause I was on the phone and Brent gave me some statistics, some numbers on how many, normally how many offers and numbers it takes to land your deal. And so I'm a very numbers guy. Right. And so I'm also one of those people, either we're going to run, we're going to jog, or we're going to walk. Whoever's running is going to get to the destination faster. Whoever's jogging is contemplating if they should run or if they should walk. So they're in between. Whoever's walking is taking their time. So me, I'd rather just fail quickly. I'd rather go forward at the end of the day. So when I did my first ever deal, I, this is when I text you and I sent you the pictures and you was like, hey, this is what it looks like for the rehab. Everybody around me was telling me it wasn't a deal, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this. And we got on the phone and you was like, look, there's many times where people tell me it's not a deal. And I say, send it out anyway. And yep. then back and we sell it. 
And then, so you gave me like the ultimate faith, you know, on that. I was, I was like, man, freak what everybody's saying. I'm about to just send this deal out. Yeah. And found a buyer like literally one day before inspection period was over. Mm-hmm. And the buyer was like, hey, I really, really want it. I'll give you this offer. So the moment I took what you said and which was like, just put it out there and see what, it, what the market says, you know, because everyone's going to have an opinion, but the, you never know what at the end of the day, what someone's going to say until you do it. Yeah. So there, I found a buyer. And once I found a buyer and it closed, I got addicted to that feeling. Mm-hmm. Of closing something virtually and not being there. So now I was like, and I, my first market was Memphis, which was my first deal. From there, I was like, I wonder how it would be if I went to Tampa or how I went to Ohio or how we're here. And then from there, I just wanted to just scale. Luckily, you know, it worked out for me. Yeah. Um, and I would, you know, I would advise for somebody else, you know, not to follow that unless you financially ready for that. Because it was a big financial commitment at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. Luckily, it worked out for me. I love it. I love every bit of it now. But if it wasn't for Brent, because I was feeling defeated, I was feeling defeated on that deal, and because everybody was telling me, "Ain't nobody gonna buy it. It's too high." Buyers were saying this and this, and Brent was like, "Put it out, yeah, Put it there and see what happens." Well, listen, you know, I've been doing this for sixteen years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing this since two thousand four, so. There's instincts about certain deals. And when you were giving me the breakdown, you were telling me where it's at, you were telling me the situation and the condition, it just made sense that there was something to make on that deal. And even if it took you longer to sell that, somebody was going to buy that. You know what I mean? And that doesn't always happen. But when you have something that's a, that is at the discount that you got it at, you're going to more likely than not, you're going to be able to do that. And plus, a lot of buyers, a lot of people around, they're wanting to hit home runs on every single deal. They want it to be a 40K or 50K spread because they don't have the confidence to negotiate with cash buyers. They don't have the confidence to throw it out there and answer questions about the property or just tell them, hey, listen, this is the price. That makes sense to me. If you want it, take it. If not, it's fine. You know what I mean? And so it's just putting all that into you, pouring that into you, and you did it. You took advantage. You got paid. And uh, now you're off and running. Now you've done what? 11 deals or yeah, 11, I think it was. And now you're just, you've got a ton pending. You've got people in there that are working. I mean, look at you, you're off and running, man. Yeah, man. It's an, it's an incredible feeling. And this, and by the way, how long did it take to get that first deal? 30 days. Right. Like a little bit less than like 30. Like yeah, it's a month. Yeah. But how much effort, how many calls, how many, how many conversations, how many leads did you have to get, you know? I lost seven contracts before that one. Yep. So I locked up seven that didn't work out, and then the eighth one did. Yeah, it's because you locked up everything. <laughs> yeah, I up everything you can think of. And I, and I didn't know my numbers. I didn't know a lot, and I was just locking it all up and then trying to come back, renegotiate, and then work out. And, you know, we lost seven deals, and then on the eighth one, that one panned out. Yeah, but you know now. You know the prices now. Right. I mean, until you get into the thick of things, a lot of people stop. They have that invisible barrier that stops them from putting a property under contract if they're just not 100 percent sure. But when you put it out and you get feedback from your cash buyers, now all of a sudden you know what they're willing to buy. So just go target the areas that they want to buy and just target the prices that they want to buy it. And now you've got it made and you don't have to worry about selling the deal or disposition. All you have to worry about is lead generation and conversion. Right. There's only three parts to this business. Lead generation, conversion and exit strategy. 
if you have the exit strategy all figured out, all you got to do is get the leads, be proactive, be consistent, build up that pipeline, and then just understand, pre-qualify them so that you're working with people that'll actually do business with you. And now you've converted it and now you're off and running, which you are. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what does it look like now? What is your, talk to me about your team. How big's your team? What's your process? Talk to me about that. Man. So I got to give this shout out to Brent again. We was on a phone call and I asked Brent, what does your operation look like? Yeah. I'm a firm believer in reduplicate who you want to be like. I, I don't know if I remember my first couple calls, I asked them, what do you have that I need to duplicate? And then Brent was always like, look, man, just you ain't got to pay me nothing extra. I got you. Let's break it down. Yep. Now I have, I have an assistant who has an office next to me. She handles all contract deals, all closings, all paperwork, pretty much. And like a transaction manager? Yeah, she's like a transaction or a transaction manager. coordinator. Yeah. Pretty much in a sense. We have three acquisitions inside. We have one dispo that works in-house. And then virtual assistant-wise, we have about nine different callers. And these are overseas? Yeah, they're all overseas callers. Got it. The nine that you have calling... Do you have them? This is an interesting thing that I've been asking a lot of uh, successful wholesalers is what dialer are you using? Are you using the Mojo or are you using something else? Because you have nine and they're probably going full time, right? Yeah. So I use call tools. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the, you know, call tools, really a lot of people like using that. You can really open up the amount of lines. I never suggest that you use more than three because you're going to just chew through so much data and you have to beat up that list and beat up that list. But if you have enough horsepower, you're, you'll get it out of there, but your contact rate will be low and your, your leads will kind of go up and down when you put in new fresh lists. But what's the top list that you like? What do you like going after? Man, I like tire landlords. Mm -hmm. My favorite list. I did like tax delinquent, but I always ended up in an area where people didn't want to buy. So, um, yeah. So I, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. So I like high equity, tire landlord, vacant, pretty much. Those are like my favorites that we've had like the most success off of. We've had some deals that came from like tax delinquent, but they're very like, they're easy to lock up, but yep. they're, some, they're very hard to buy. I mean, they're very let, hard. Let me just break that down for everybody watching and listening. So with tax delinquent, uh, what uh, Nathaniel's talking about here is a lot of times people will own properties free and clear. And when you own them free and clear, the bank, you obviously don't have a mortgage on it. The, what the mortgage companies do to protect their interest is they will take an escrow account to pay for your insurance and your property taxes to make sure that you don't default on either one of those for obvious reasons. And if you don't have that mortgage paying that and you have to pay it yourself because you own these seeds free and clear, a lot of these properties that pop up as default are way out on the outskirts. People don't care about it. They don't mind that they're getting penalties. They forget about it. It's typically not the house that they live in. Sometimes it is, but most, for the most part, it's pretty, pretty out there, really run down properties that, that there's just not a lot of action. There's not a lot of people looking to buy those properties. So um, tax default's a little bit tricky. If you're going to do it, I would definitely uh, take Nathaniel's um, uh, advice here and either do it by city or by zip code that you know that people are living in and go after those and see what's going on in that situation. Because most of the time they're on free and clear, which is fantastic. Definitely agree. So it's just you, your transaction coordinator and nine callers. Yeah. And then I have in-house, we have 
for uh, acquisitions. Got it. So, yeah, commission for, only? Yeah, commission only. Got it. Got it. And so they're getting all these leads in. So they're just hitting the phones every day? Mm-hmm. So they're, they hitting, make, they're making 20% per deal. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, they're going, they're just hustling. We got a 17 year old kid in here who's going crazy. Are they watching you right now? Are they nah. listening to you right now? <laughs> yeah, kind of. But they're, they're working a deal. Someone just locked up a deal right now. I think Esther did. Live, live on the podcast. Esther, there you go. So, well, let's break down a deal. Let's talk about a deal. Let's talk about how you got it. What was the lead generation? What was the list? Great. Let's break all this stuff down and, and really get into the, the core of this deal. Okay. So go ahead. So I think one of my deals that where I learned a lot, I think it had, it had a life lesson. The deal started off good. I was going to net 50000 on this deal. I was supposed to net 50000 on this deal. Me and the seller became super cool, super close. Um, we were talking every day. It even got to a point where uh, the seller found out, you know, I was wholesaling the deal and was fine with that because he was moving to Florida. Yeah. Son's going to college. So he bought this house as a pre-foreclosure, but he fixed it up. He had put 50000 into the kitchen. He did all these things. So first he was going to put an MLS. So he's like, yo, you, you can communicate with the realtor um, that I bought the house from and y'all could put it on the market together. And I was like, ooh, so I'm hype, excited. And I didn't know how I could get paid you know, by putting it on the market with a realtor. So I didn't know how that part works. So shout out to Max Fish, because he, he told me basically what happened was he basically took out a mortgage with me on it. So for, for that way, I could get paid through the title. So we, we put it on the market at 385. Okay. I had, had a buyer come in at 375. I had it locked up at 290. So we had a buyer come in at 270, 374, sorry. And I had it locked up at 290. And the buyer, you know, basically was going to use a conventional loan. He was already pre-approved and, you know, all those things. So over the weekend, over the weekend, the buyer ghosted. Mm-hmm. Got things in. The realtor's putting uh, pressure on me. Like, you got to sign this. We got to get the buyers. We got to get things signed. We got to get to the attorneys. So then his attorney on Monday after the buyer ghosted changes the whole deal. So he wants 100% reliable for anything wrong in the house, not buying the house in as is condition. He wanted everything on the property just different. And he wanted no responsibility. So making it the seller full responsible for anything. Mm. And he had to get a pray. He wanted to get appraised twice. Yeah. It was a lot of stuff. And so we came to terms where the seller will be responsible for 30% of the property. So when that happens, now the buyer ghosts us again. And so then the seller now goes off on the buyer. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the uh, seller's attorney, he gets mad. And so then the two attorneys get into it. Long story short, we end up losing the deal. Mm. And so now the stress is on and mm-hmm. it's like, yo, we got to sell this property in 14 days or 21 days. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I pull it so, up. But the, but the seller stayed with you guys. The seller stayed with us. Okay. So how did you, just real quick, I, I know you're flowing here, but you have a buyer that uh-huh. they say they're going to buy a cash, but no, they're going to buy it with a mortgage. And then yeah. they want to get appraisals and then they want to have some repairs done. And then they want, and then that cancels, right? What do you say to the seller at that point? You're just like, hey, listen, this buyer wasn't great. It was a big pain. Don't worry. Absolutely. We'll find something better. No, so he was a part of the whole process. And so the seller is watching everything happen with us. 
And he, he knows was, how much you're making. Yeah, he knows how much I'm making. Oh. So we done paid an attorney to draft up the, the mortgage. Yeah. He paid a thousand dollars to get the mortgage draft up to get it. They're gonna notarize it, send it in. So he knows I'm making 50. He was gonna walk away with 90. Everything was fine. Then the, the whole thing happened with the buyer. So then the buyer backs out. And now we're like, oh man, you know, I'm stressed out. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. I already spent over, I think I spent what, close to a thousand dollars in skip tracing cash buyers. Yep. So he gives me two more zip codes. He's like, maybe you can find a cash buyer here and here. So I'll spend another thousand dollars. So now I'm like 2000 in on looking for a cash buyer. Mm-hmm. I'm sending people to the house. And so remember the first buyer was at 374. So now everybody that's coming to the house is offering 240, mm. 260. And so I'm like, why are y'all offering so low? And one buyer, <laughs> and so one buyer goes, well, this was on the market. And now we're wondering why it didn't sell. So now we think something's wrong with the house. Yep. No, nah, nothing's wrong with the house. They're like, well, listen, it was under contract on the MLS, but now you're telling me it didn't sell. So now our biggest concern is, did something happen in inspection? So I'm like, oh my God, I've never had to deal with this before. And so yep. now I guess, you know, because it was on MLS, it was under contract and didn't sell. Now the perspective of it just looks wrong. Like something's wrong with the property. So we get over, I think we sent at least over 25 buyers. This is during like COVID hot season because this is in New Jersey. So people coming over with masks, you know, three, only two people can be in the house at a time. So the seller has to come outside and his dad has to be outside. We sent over 25 different buyers. And I'm like, dude, we're not about to get 300,000 or nothing for this property. And we end up like literally a week before a guy, these two guys come over and say, hey, we can close on this property quick. We have a title company. We'll pay cash. We'll give you a check right now of a deposit of 25,000 EMD that you can have and you can mail it into the title company. So we end up selling the property at 285. Mm-hmm. End I end up walking away. Because you originally had it at 290. Yeah. And had you it. sold it at 285. So you had to go back to the seller. And I sold it. I got it back on the contract at 262. 262. So, so what did you say to him? What did you say to the seller to get them to, to, to get him to reduce? I said, hey, man, listen, we made a big mistake with this buyer that we have. We could have made a lot of money on this deal. But I think, you know, the impatience and certain things that were done kind of affected the deal. You sure. know, and now that we've put this on the market and it didn't sell, no, everybody has questions. And because of that, it's a messed up situation, you know, yep. and. At this point, you got to go to Florida. I've put in a lot of sweat and equity into this deal. We both got to take what we can get. You know? And so he agreed. So we agreed to 262. I think he walked away with 30000 This is the other bad part. When it got to the closing table, the buyers didn't want to pay closing. Right. So now they were trying to re-discount. So I ended up out of my own profit coming out of pocket like $1,000 in some closing. And I walked away with nineteen five on the deal mm-hmm. instead of fifty. Yeah, uh, yeah. So how much did you net? Nineteen five, nineteen thousand five hundred. <laughs> hey, listen, nineteen thousand five hundred dollars. People have to work a lot of the year to make that. They really do. You made that now. It's not the 50, but you're getting the, I mean, you're getting these big deals in your pipeline. You're going to hit those massive deals. They're going to come. But that's still, I mean, an incredible, <laughs> an incredible story. But you went through it all. 
I mean, talk about talk about perseverance there. Talking about uh, sticking to it and making sure that you squeeze everything you can out of every deal. I mean, that's incredible, man. That's really incredible. So it definitely was a learning curve for a lot. I learned a lot. I learned yeah. about dollar transfer tax. I learned about New Jersey's laws that they have. It, it definitely was. I, I take it as a big lesson. I'm glad because now I'm prepared. You know, I'm prepared for whenever anything like that comes my way again. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. That is, oh man, that's incredible. So, I mean, what is it? Do you have a big vision in mind? Are you one of those guys that uh, wants to own a lot of real estate and a lot of units? Are you somebody that wants to develop or do you want to be a bank and a hard money lender or a private money lender? Like what is, do you have like a goal in mind that you're building yeah. towards as you're sourcing these deals? Yeah, definitely. My goal, I've always had this goal. I want to own um, 100 doors. I want a big apartment complex. For Christmas, I'm actually working on buying like my first multi-unit or sub unit or something. Like that's my goal for Christmas. It's I love like, it. At first it was like earlier this year, it was going to be to buy a new Rolls Royce or buy a Rolls Royce. It switched to, yo, I want a multi-unit, literally. And yep. then- you know, my mom, my mom, obviously, my mom's on 10 different medications. She's had two heart attacks. So next year, going towards the end of this year, I want to put like five properties, you know, underneath her where she can get passive income every month, yeah. you know, as well. So right now I'm just really on, I got to say, man, real estate has changed my mindset a lot. I was like the flashy person and, you know, the whole internet marketing type of look and let me get on the yachts and the cars yeah. and now, down to earth, you know, I just want to own some properties and, you know, get that passive income every single month, um, land more deals, own more properties, man. And uh, I got to give a lot of my honor to Brent, you know, to you, because literally your training, your video made me go all in, you know. And when I talked to, I don't know the guy's name on the phone no more, but I think he's out of Utah, mm -hmm. his sales rep. Yep. When I got on the phone with him, I sold myself on the program, and, you know, and I was just like, Sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. When can I talk to Brent? When can I talk to Brent on the phone? When can I talk to Brent? They sent me your name. They're like, hey, you need to call him now or he's going to just find your number somewhere. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's my type of guy. That's incredible. Well, thank you. And listen, you, you do all the hard work. You know what I mean? Without your, you taking action, without you setting it all up, without you having the perseverance, none of it happened. I mean, it goes back to that hope. The hope is the foundation of all change where there's no hope, there's no action, right? And that's the absolute truth. And you had that hope and you knew you had that belief that you could do this. This isn't positive thinking. This is positive belief, right? He has positive belief because he takes action. The action leads to results. The results lead to more beliefs. And that's what it is. And that's what's incredible. And I think you hit it right on the head. Listen, when you make money, you have two options. You can spend it or invest it. What do you want to do? That's it. You can spend it or invest it. That's the two sides. What about saving? That's investing. What about this and that? It's either you're spending it or you're investing it. What do you want to do with your life? How do you want your life to look? You know, that's the biggest thing. So how do people get a hold of you? You're going to inspire a ton of people with this interview. How do people get a hold of you? Do you want them to go to your Instagram? Do you want them to go to an email? Do you want them to go to, where, where do you want them to go? I mean, hit me up on Facebook, Nathaniel Dwayne. I'm all here for whatever, you know. Will I'm, you spell your name, your last name? Uh, D-E-W-A-Y-N-E. -E. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So just on Facebook, reach out, DM you. And uh, certainly, guys, if you're in any of those markets that Nathaniel referenced that he's in, 
make sure you reach out to them, especially if you have a deal, if you need some help selling it, or if you need some help to joint venture on something, definitely reach out to them, squad up with them. This is going to be one of the biggest guys in our industry, my prediction. And he's just getting started, just getting warmed up. He's 120 days into it and almost making $1,000 a day. And that's what I'm talking about. That's absolutely exciting. And I love it. So in parting, give some advice to a smart, driven person that's getting into or considering getting into wholesaling. Man, go, go in with no fear. There ain't nothing to it but to do it. And as, as simple as that sounds, as cliche as it sounds, that is the truth. And us as entrepreneurs, when we first get into things, our body tells us to be over analytical, right? And I have a saying that I always tell people at my events, everywhere I go, people that make mistakes make money. Mm-hmm. I locked up seven wrong contracts and then on the eighth, right? Yep. Learn from mistakes is productivity, is you doing something. Right. So if you're sitting outside and you know you're new to this and you're you're walking into it like you're just watching and you're you know you're educated, just go for it. Yep. Go for it. Success loves speed. You yep. know, and the faster you go, the faster you're gonna get to where you need to get to. When I invested with Brent, I was hitting Brent's phone up every single day, like he told you. Yeah. And, uh, Brent played a big part of my life and Max played a big part of my life. And Brent connected me to Max Fish, who gave me the call team that helped start everything for me. Callingreps.com, people. Listen, callingreps.com. It's, it's, I mean, listen, it's working. TTP, use the TTP. You get a discount. Max will hook you up if yeah, you use TTP. Yep. For the giants in my life that helped me get over the hill. And so for me, I like to say, just go for it, right? You never know, right? You never know who you're going to call. You never know what that call may be like. It may be yep. a letdown. It may be a, a lesson learned call where they're just very, very, knowledgeable and they know what they're talking about and they're going to school you or it may be a call where it's going to challenge you you know yep. and so you just never know what's going to happen until you pick up that phone we landed a deal today where it was a lay down you know the dude wants twelve thousand for the property right has has an arv of 149 he's already done most of the fix up but he just needs the money because he's about to invest into a restaurant mm-hmm. so time to put it on the market and wait for a sale right and so we locked it up at 12000 Easily, it'll sell at $35,000. You know? But you just never know when you're coming in. When you look at the notes, it's like, yo, he put twenty grand into it. Oh, it's worth this. And if you think that he's going to ask a high number, he says, hey, give me 12000 Can you close quickly? Because I need to put this money into something. So you just never know. Right? So just go into every call excited and you know, yep. know that you're for this. If you're going to be proactive, you're going to win. I mean, you, you said it just in a different way. This will work if you do. It's simple. This will work if you do. So wonderful. Guys, reach out to Nathaniel. Make sure that you uh, tell him that you heard this. Give him some love. And certainly if you're in any of those markets, uh, reach out to him. And if you're in San Diego, reach out to him. So thank you so much. I mean, just an incredible inspiration. You're just getting warmed up. And I'm excited to see what the next 12 months looks like. And for everybody out there, if you are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP family. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check out what the program's about. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. It'll either be uh, with me or my right-hand guy. And uh, we look forward to that. So thank you, Nathaniel. That was absolutely incredible. And uh, I really appreciate it. I really do. So uh, until next time, guys, I always encourage you to talk to people. See ya. Love you. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.